Chicago. This is your morning routine. Put some respect on my name. Cap and J-Hood. That's right. That's right. We're bad. Uh-huh. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now, now, now. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out. Bring them out. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Welcome in to the Cap and J Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000. And we are streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood with you. We got Kevin, we've got Jay Moore, and we got you for a three hour ride on this football Monday with open phone lines for you. 312. 332-ESPN-332-3776 is our telephone number. And, Cap, before we can even get comfortable in the chairs, we have already got some breaking news regarding the Chicago Bears. Shane Waldron is finalizing a contract. Tom Pellicero from NFL Network first to report it. Courtney Cronin then confirmed it, and it is a done deal. Shane Waldron is coming in as the brand-new offensive coordinator, and we had thought... The McVeigh slash Kyle Shanahan tree was going to produce the next offensive coordinator. There were many that wanted Greg Roman. Uh, he did interview. He did not get the gig. Who they bring in now as quarterback coach will be an equally important hire. But this is a good one because he had multiple teams talking to him. So I can promise you he's getting paid handsomely. The Bears win that bidding war. And I don't know if that means they've told him, hey, we want you to fix Justin like he did with Geno Smith, or you're going to have Caleb Williams or Drake May, and we want you to help us do the homework while we're picking a new quarterback. There's no clarity on which way it's going to go, and I would be shocked when he does meet the Chicago media if he tips his hand one way or the other. All I know is this is a really, really impressive hire. Shane Waldron has been coaching in college and pro going back to 2005 when he was a graduate assistant at Notre Dame. As of late, Shane Waldron was offensive coordinator for the Rams and for the Seahawks. The Rams between uh, 2017 and 2020. And he was able to coach the likes of Jared Goff, who we saw over the weekend, quarterback for the Detroit Lions, and Sean Mannion. Also was able to preside over an offense that had Cooper Cup on it. Cooper Cup, one of the great wide receivers of all time uh, in Rams history based on the numbers. Brandon Cook's part of that as well. And with the Seahawks coaching the likes of Russell Wilson, the soon-to-be Hall of Famer, and Geno Smith. So this is Shane Waldron, a guy who's 44 years of age. And uh, I would believe, Cap, from my standpoint, this is the biggest hire to date for Ryan Poles. It's the most important hire. And because of that, you want to make sure that you get this right. I can't just classify this as a top-shelf hire. He's a man that's wanted, as you just laid out, two or three teams looking at Waldron Services to get him away from Seattle. But the bottom line is it's the most important one because you, they did not move on from Matt Eberflus as head coach for the Chicago Bears. All right, fine, he's coming back. But whoever presides over this offense, whoever the quarterback is, whether that is uh, Caleb Williams or Drake May, whether that is Justin Fields, whatever, this person has to be able to unlock this offense to make sure that this offense is potent and productive like we've seen in the playoffs over the weekend. 
bringing him in and looking at, as you just laid out, some of his history, quite impressive. He's 44 years of age, born in Portland. He uh, went to Tufts, which is a phenomenal academic institution out east. So, uh, obviously, a very intelligent young man. You said Notre Dame, where he started, went to the Patriots. He worked in um, for the Hartford Colonials in one of the uh, United Football Leagues way back when. Then went to UMass and then to the Washington Redskins as offensive quality control coach. And then moved from there with Sean McVay, which tells you, Sean gets his bite at the apple with the Rams. I want you to come with me. That's impressive right then and there. He's the tight ends coach at 17. He's the pass game coordinator in 18. And then becomes passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach before he goes to the Seahawks as the O coordinator. And with Pete Carroll forced out, all the coaches on the staff were told, you have the ability to go look for other jobs because we can't guarantee you a job. So really good. I'm looking forward to seeing what Shane Waldron can bring to this Bears team. But the question is, who is he coaching? Correct. Is he coaching a, a rookie quarterback or is he coaching Justin Fields? This There are some already on, on social media speculating, okay, this means Justin's staying. Nope, this means Caleb Williams is coming in or Drake May. I think it's way too early to be able to speculate on what this means for the quarterback, but this will get him in the building ASAP. He will be in Lake Forest, I would imagine, very quickly and involved in every meeting on every quarterback prospect. He will be with Ryan Poles in lockstep in Eberflus when they spend several days with Caleb Williams and Drake May and Jaden Daniels and J.J. McCarthy and everybody else. And then they'll put all this data into their system and go, all right, what are we doing? Are we making a trade of the pick? Are we picking a new quarterback? There are some I spoke to over the weekend that believe no way they are not taking Caleb Williams or Drake May. There are others, oh, no, 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 they're keeping Justin. Well, this we'll is, find out. This is why the conversation is polarizing. But, mm-hmm. but here's the thing. You know, people can say that ultimately it's on the talent, and that is correct, that the talent has to be able to produce cap, that whoever's on the field, whatever scheme you put out there, it's up to the talent to be able to get it done. But it has to be the right scheme for the, the right player. And this is why it, this is a big difference. This is why that there's a disconnect right down State Street of half the people that say that you should go with a, a rookie quarterback, I've seen enough of Fields, or Fields just needs more seasoning. It, you know, it starts with a better coaching. And, and it also they talk about the uh, amount of weapons that Fields can utilize, including better offensive line play and also being able to have a bookend receiver on the other side of D.J. Moore. However, as I mentioned, and I'm not going to get off of this point, that how big this hire is. Whoever it is, Cap, you need to be able to ignite this offense to get it on fire as quickly as possible. This also, can I just say this? I, I would also say that this, Cap, is uh, huge for Waldron because of the quarterbacks he's coached before, Jared Goff. Now, what did you think of Goff when he was at the Rams? Pretty good, right? Pretty good. Super Bowl champion? Well, they got to a Super Bowl. They got a Super lost. Bowl. They lost. Yep. And then Goff heads to Detroit. They bring in Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. But then he heads off to Seattle so he can be the play caller. Yeah. yeah. But when you have Sean McVay on your resume and he has ties to Kyle Shanahan, 
that was the tree we kept hearing from people in the league. I talked to two guys who I really respect who work in front offices. They both said, you are not hiring Greg Roman. I can promise you that. Mm -hmm. They'll talk to him. They'll get his opinions. They're getting someone from the McVay-Shanahan tree. It's a lock, and they did. Yeah, it's what uh, Shea asked during uh, Shot or No Shot, was saying, is it good to have Greg Roman in the room to be able to get his, um, his intel? Sure. You want to talk to a lot of different people. What do you think of our team? Because maybe from those interviews, from that process, you could listen and say, all right, this is what Greg Roman says about our team. What do you think? And you talk to the next candidate about that, and you kind of build your questions to the, um, uh, to the people that you're interviewing. The interviews are over, though, because Shane Waldron is going to be the new offensive coordinator for the Bears. Cap, I, I think this is big for Waldron as well, because either way, you're trying to fix Justin Fields to the point where, hey, man, it's not just running the football or the big looping uh, throws down the field. It's about the underneath. It's be able to matriculate the ball down the field, taking time off the clock, those things on a regular basis. Or you're trying to tutor the next-generation quarterback, whether that's Drake May or Caleb Williams. Either way, this is huge for Waldron. This is not the ready-made veteran like Geno Smith, who he turned around, by the way. Yes. It helped with Geno Smith. Correct. You already have a Hall of Famer in Russell Wilson that you worked with. There is Jared Goff, and we see how well he's playing with Detroit now. Sean Mannion is another quarterback that he worked with. So even it's not just for the Bears, but also for Waldron. This is big for him. How does he fix Justin Fields in the offense, or how does he work with Caleb Williams or Drake May? Either way, this is huge for this young OC. And how did he get to Seattle? Russell Wilson pushed for, I want that guy. Mm -hmm. Bring that guy in. And so he was the guy that they brought in. Pete Carroll brought him in, speaks glowingly about Shane Waldron's abilities. How about this? The Vegas Raiders need a new offensive coordinator. They have three names on their list that were being linked to them this weekend. Shane Waldron being one of them. He's off the board now. Luke Getze. Luke Getze. So we'll see where he ends up. And he deserves that opportunity. He deserves it. He's more well-respected in the league than he is in this town. Mm -hmm. And this is why those people that respect Luke Getze, I'm sure, say, boy, what happened there in Chicago? Couldn't fix fields, huh? All right, we'll move on to the next because that's how it works in coaching. Correct. Like I saw that situation in Chicago. Boy, you guys tanked and... Try to uh, pull the nose up on the plane of the Chicago Bears. It just didn't work out, huh? All right. Yeah. Well, can you work with this person as a quarterback's control person or the next offensive coordinator? I get that because that's how the cycle works in coaching. So Getsy is not the worst, but he certainly is not the best, and he'll have an opportunity someplace else. So for those that are driving this morning and they hear us talk about Shane Waldron, we laid out the resume of who Shane Waldron is. But I guess the question for you, the Bears fan, is when you take a look at everything's happened with this with this Bears team, you know, was it did it come down to coaching or did it come down to the inability to be able to produce on the field from a player standpoint? You know, sometimes fans look at the players cap and just say, you know, these are just pieces. Did you supposed to move around the chessboard? It's up to the coaches to be able to get to the right thing. I mean, hey, you can have a scheme like the Bears had, which is similar to Green Bay scheme. And either you're going to produce in it or not. And for the Chicago Bears, they did not produce in that scheme. I don't, I don't know if, if people know how similar or how absolutely dead on the Green Bay system is to the Bears system. It's about what you do in that system, isn't that is it? That is correct. That is correct. Yeah. Yes. So you saw a similar to that over the weekend. It's like, wait, those same plays that the Bears couldn't execute, the Packers were doing those same plays. That's correct. 
It's interesting. Same type of system, but they have Jordan Love executing it, and they have Matt LaFleur, who's better than Luke Getze, for sure. But they want a quarterback the style of Jordan Love as opposed to a quarterback the style of Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. That's just a fact. Yeah. Doesn't make him right, doesn't make him wrong. All I know is that they should have won on Saturday. They should still be standing. It should be Packers at Lions in the NFC title game. Oh, man. <laughs> That'd be something, wouldn't it? Oh, boy. So that's the news today that Shane Waldron will uh, be the new offensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears right here in the home of the Bears, ESPN 1000. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776, our phone number still to come. We'll hear from Courtney Cronin, who covers the Chicago Bears like a blanket for ESPN.com. We'll hear from Courtney coming up at 735. Uh, but you had a chance to be able to sit down with an all-time great regarding what's happening with the Chicago Bears. I did. I got a chance to spend time with Keyshawn Johnson over the weekend. Uh, we've developed a really nice friendship. He's a really good guy. And Key is working over at Fox now. And we taped a podcast together on Saturday. And he's a Justin guy. He knows Caleb Williams. He's in the USC family. He's a USC Hall of Famer. He was the last uh, wide receiver to go number one in the draft. Mm -hmm. 1996, after torturing Northwestern in the Rose Bowl. And we talked about a number of topics. Yeah, so Keyshawn Johnson, who has always had a strong opinion, was talking about... Uh, where he places fields amongst the quarterbacks in the NFC North. He's more talented and athletic than any of the three people you just named. Okay. That's number one. Okay. And you talk about the three quarterbacks outside of him. What is the consistency that those three quarterbacks have had in those three seasons that they've been in the National Football League? Better coaching, better support, and consistency. Okay, Kirk Cousins has had consistency. Kevin O'Connell has been there. Prior to that, he had Zimmer for a long time. Right? Consistency. Green Bay, Matt LaFleur. Consistency. Even though it was Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love was able to learn behind him and be there. The coaching didn't change. The script didn't change. It's the same game plan. It's the same script. I may not be physically in the game, but I can look at Aaron Rodgers and I can make those point throws that I did against the Cowboys and people would say if I put on a 12 it looks just like Rodgers but I got a 10 on so Justin Fields is yet to have consistency so thoughts there from Keyshawn Johnson yeah I think we all see that yeah and as he and I talked and we'll play some more of it we got into a number of things we talked about the Caleb Williams hype train. Okay, what is his? What are your thoughts on his thoughts about the NFC North quarterbacks? Since we just played that, what are you, what are your thoughts on how he looks at the rest of the quarterbacks? He says that he's uh, uh, more talented, more skilled, physically gifted. Yes, he can't. And, and as we continued our conversation, we can't or he can't dispute the fact that Justin's performance hasn't lived up to Kirk Cousins, J, uh, Jason. Jared Goff and Jordan Love. Mm -hmm. He doesn't dispute that. He believes a better OC, another receiver, a better offensive line, and he thinks you would get the same numbers. I'm not convinced he's right, but who am I to tell the guy that was the number one pick and has, you know, a tremendous career and he's a really sharp, intelligent guy. And he's got a perspective where he's right there in LA and a USC Hall of Famer. 
on Caleb Williams. So he looks at Justin versus the other three and feels like he's been put in the worst situation. We then got into resetting the quarterback room. That's another discussion. But in terms of athleticism, yeah, Justin's the most gifted of the three. No doubt about it. The Chargers have gone to one playoff game. A uh, rookie contract, da-da-da-da-da, one playoff game. But the reason I'm saying this to you is because what people do is lazy. Yes, they said that they, they got young quarterbacks, but in that time span, in the time span that they were on rookie deals, guess what? They ain't done Because at the end of the day, the prize is the ring. Okay? Outside of Patrick Mahomes, none of them have gone and won a Super Bowl on a rookie deal. So this, I'm going to reset it. Okay. So reset it. And be in the next five years on a new rookie contract in the same muddy water talking about, well, anyway, Caleb Williams isn't giving us anything right now. Guess we're going to reset the market. Little Keyshawn Johnson is up for the draft. Let's take a look at him. This is what you're doing. So three years from now, oh, what are we going to do with Bryce Young? He hasn't won any playoff games. Let's reset the market. How does that work out for you? What are you doing? Okay, so from a veteran player standpoint, mm-hmm. uh, Keyshawn Johnson's opinion is not rare because Lance Briggs pretty much said the same thing from our family here at ESPN Chicago. There's been a number of, of players that feel like if you have a veteran quarterback that you've grown up with, that that veteran quarterback is somehow going to be able to figure it out. They blame the organization. They blame the coaching first. Keyshawn Johnson looks at it who's been – battered as a wide receiver because he's he's worked with like 15 or 20 different quarterbacks in his career yep he does not like the idea that the bears would reset the quarterback market because it feels like starting over we've had some of our listeners that said the same thing that boy if you bring a quarterback in you feel like you're starting from square one i don't agree you're starting from square one but i would say that i understand the point of view from a former player saying hey man I know this guy. I work with him. We work out together. I know his work ethic. Stick with him because at least that guy is a veteran versus someone who's never done the job before in the NFL. So I understand that perspective. I do understand the perspective. He believes, he said, look, look at Patrick Mahomes. Came into the league, sat for an entire season, learned how to be a pro, learned how to understand Andy Reid, learned how to read a defense, Oh, and by the way, they supported him, not only training him off the field, but putting pieces around him that gave him a chance to have early success until he established himself. He talked about Josh Allen, same deal. He said when he came in the league, really struggled. But guess what? Repetition. Keep working and keep working. Oh, and he's got a better O-line. Oh, and he's got Stephon Diggs, and he's got this guy and that guy. He said, you guys in Chicago have never committed to I'm building everything around that guy. Oh, we'll drop one receiver in. All right, you got one receiver. Good luck. He said, keep building your team. Very interesting perspective. Look, as I said to you a billion times, I don't care if you're the quarterback. If my Bears are playing in the NFC title game next year, I'm thrilled. Mm-hmm. So there's no agendas here. I just want what's best for the Bears. 
period. Sure, absolutely. It's about trying to get to where these teams um, it's about for the Bears to be able to get to where we saw this weekend to see where the Lions were and the Chiefs and the 49ers and the Ravens. That's where we want the Bears to be. So I, I totally understand that. But again, I understand that perspective of Keyshawn Johnson saying, hey, you guys have never gotten it right. You know, stick with Justin Fields. I have no problem with that. As long as you could be able to unlock some of the issues with this offense, I'm all for it. I, I couldn't care less. Again, I could say that and people will be able to say I'm saying something different. Because that's where we are in 2024. Again, someone's opinion is stronger than the facts. The, my fact and my truth is is that I want the Bears to be able to get the right offensive coordinator and the right offensive pieces so that way this ball club can move forward. Correct. I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to for me. So, okay, so, so if you trade out of one, you're going to get a haul. Sure. Even if the haul is only the same haul as last year, and I think it would be more because Caleb – and Drake May are more highly regarded than, at the time, the prospects in last year's draft. Mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud has certainly answered a lot of the doubters who did not have him number one. The Hall is going to allow you to have a stud receiver, for sure. You'll get one of Marvin Harrison or Malik Neighbors or Roma Dunze. I don't know if any of those guys are on the board at three. And you're going to get future picks. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it's going to be the number one pick next year. I think that was, you know, Providence, the good lord of the football world, smiling down. I'm going to give you the number one pick again. Sure. Get it right. Mm-hmm. Get it right. Yeah. And now, with Shane Waldron, if you're just waking up, Shane Waldron of the Seattle Seahawks with Pete Carroll out. Their entire staff was told you might have a job here. we got to see who we hire as a head coach. They're not close to getting a head coach hired. You guys are all free. you got families to get another job if you want. He had multiple teams after him. Ryan Poles has won the bidding war. And Shane Waldron has agreed to become the new offensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears. Now, who do they put around him as the um, quarterback coach and the tight ends coach? And They, they have seven openings on their staff on, between offense and defense. Chris Harris, the former Bear, yeah. from the, he's with the Titans coaching staff. He is interviewing to be the D.C. Not sure if he'll include play calling or Eberflus keeps it. We'll find out. But things are starting to fall into place. Everything, anything and everything to help the Chicago Bears to be the organization that they should be. Correct. And that is shining through in the NFC North like we saw with the Packers and the Lions this weekend. I mean, and it's just amazing. And speaking of the division, Cap, and we'll take your phone calls coming up, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Speaking of the NFC North, it was big representation for the NFC North to see the Lions and Packers on the big stage. First of all, the Lions win 31-23, to and the atmosphere at Ford Field was electric. The thirst of the fans for a championship run was pretty palpable, wasn't it? I mean, just watching that scene, back-to-back games there in the playoffs, Cap, Playoff games at home at Ford Field, and it was just amazing to watch that atmosphere because the fans have been waiting for this since 91, and look where they are right now. They've got a really good team. I love their coach. You know I liked him the day they hired him. And Rex Ryan did a sit-down with him. I watched it on a postseason countdown. Brett and I are up early. I'm drinking my coffee, and he sits down with Dan Campbell, and then they came back to Rex who has pledged to make the Super Bowl. He's going to dye his hair Honolulu blue. Sure. Which would be awesome. He said, look, I know that people called that guy a meathead at his first president. We're going to bite an ankle and a knee and a this and a that. 
He said he promised he was going to return the Detroit Lions to the top of the football world. He's got you in the potentially NFC title game if they won yesterday. They did. And he said, I, that guy has delivered on his promise. Football matters again in the Motor City. Mm-hmm. Shay, our great executive producer, Shay Norling, he was there with his dad yesterday. He bought the tickets, wasn't cheap. He was like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Dude, those are moments. My dad's gone. Your dad's gone. Those are moments when you're sitting there and you can look down. Wow, that's my dad right there. And his dad was emotional being able to do that with them. When he won last week, the dad had tears in his eyes. He's a lifelong Lions fan. Super cool. Green Bay, that's the first year for Jordan Love as a starter. They should have won the other night. So our, I believe our division going into next year, if Cousins is back in Minnesota, is the best division in football. Not easy. A hell of a ball game with Detroit defeating Tampa, and here's why. So Jared Goff, the quarterback for Detroit, 30 for 43, good for 287 yards and two touchdowns. They had a potent running game. They were 6 for 14 on third down, 5 yards of play, 6.2 yards per pass, effective being able to take time off the clock. The belief from Campbell and the coaching staff to be able to win back-to-back games at home in a playoff scenario is just amazing. They earned this. They earned this opportunity. Now, here's it was interesting about the Lions, and I think that I know why that you like Dan Campbell so much, and that is his aggressiveness. There's some, there's some plays where it just was a head-scratcher, where everything to Dan Campbell is all in. Everything is pushed to the middle of the table. And it's, it's interesting that, like, on second down or on third down, third and 14, the way they were able to throw the football to get the first down to really uh, uh, you know, lock in the game for the Lions. Just certain plays on second down where you'd rather run the ball, especially when you have the lead. You'd rather run the football. No, they throw the football. They throw the football because that's part of their system. But traditionally, if you have the lead, 8, 10 points, you kind of want to take time off the clock, especially in the second half. No, not the Lions. They, they, the ball's in the air. And I just thought that that was like, wow, that's really strange. So I would say that one of the reasons why that you like Campbell so much is because he's just, you know, we talk about riverboat gambler. He does a lot of that. He's me. Yeah. Pretty much just all in. Let's Every, go. Everybody else from Andy Reid all the way down would say, all right, we've got the lead here. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. Just take time off the clock. Third down and long. Let's just be able to take time off the clock. Let's force the Buccaneers to take a timeout. No, not the Lions. That's not how you do business. Everything is pedal to the metal with this Lions team. Yeah, I hated that Todd Bowles went for two when they got it to 31 to 23. Mm-hmm. Hated it. Well, the analytics say it's 3% more that they could win the game. I hated it. Hated it. If you kick the extra point, now a touchdown and an extra point ties the game. Or I can go, you know what? I'm riverboat gambling. We're going for two right here. We're going to win the game. Win or lose, let's go. You're on the road. Crazy environment in there. I could, I, look, analytics play a huge role in sports. Sure. But at some, at, there are times it's too much. It's enough. Well, the analytics say you ought to bring the right-handed pitcher in here. No, because I know more because the right-handed pitcher was in the bars last night. Mm-hmm. I mean, I cannot stand the over-reliance on analytics. It's what it is. This is what it is. It drives me nuts. Yeah, especially in baseball. You're right about that. Jared Goff, though, take your hat off to him. Against the Blitz on Sunday, Cap. Against the Blitz, 
six for seven to run in the fourth quarter. Yep. You know when it when it matters. Six for seven uh, against the blitz in the fourth quarter. Seventy four passing yards. Got that one touchdown as well. So uh, against an aggressive defense for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Golf was able to shine. I want to give Tampa their flowers as well because that's a playoff team as well. Baker Mayfield played well enough for the Buccaneers to win. They just didn't have enough points, and the defense could not stop some of the big plays from the Lions. When you see Mayfield, three touchdowns, almost 400 yards passing, pretty good day. Again, the two interceptions, though, came back to hurt, especially at the end. I didn't think the Buccaneers were going to win that game at the very end as Mayfield gave up the interception, but give Mayfield credit. Some really big throws in crucial situations to keep the Buccaneers even in the game. He did. He played great. Mm -hmm. Whether he's back there or not remains to be seen, but he talked about how much he... The time in Tampa meant to him. He said, I don't know what the future holds, but I had a great experience here. The coaches were great, the teammates, the city, everything. That guy's a really good football player. He's been unfairly maligned for a long time. He took the Browns to a playoff victory. Sure. People forget that. That's the Browns. He's a good football player. And we'll see what they end up doing down there. But he will not be without a job for very long. The Lions was just that much better. And so here they go. The latest I saw was that Detroit was a seven-point underdog against San Francisco. I don't know if that's your latest line, yeah, but that, I saw that's seven. that's what I saw. Number seven. Seven. Okay. That'll be interesting to see a San Francisco team that uh, it was able to survive. And that's what it's about in the playoffs. They survived that game offensively. Brock Purdy was not great. But he was able to make the play when he needed to to be able to uh, ice ice that ball game. When he had to go down the field yeah. to get it done, he, he got, got it, done. it done. Yeah. He got it done. We haven't seen that in our town yet. Right. Whether maybe that's coming with Justin, but we have not seen him do that. Right. All the quarterbacks look good. And when you, if you watch the playoff games, when Cap and I say we want better for the Chicago Bears, it looks like that. We'd love for it to look like Lamar Jackson, the offense. We'd love for it to look like Jordan Love in Green Bay, uh, Jared Goff in Detroit, uh, with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, Josh Allen in Buffalo. That's what we're talking about. You could see, Cap, on your big screen TV, the electricity coming off of your screen yeah. on these playoff games. The hits are a little harder. The throws are a little sharper. You know, I mean, so the defense is a little bit more keen because they know that every play matters. It's not just like the regular season game at Soldier Field in October where you just kind of, just kind of meander down the field, and you throw the ball away, you just have kind of pedestrian offense. No, no, no. The, in these games, we saw the best of the best. That's what it looks like. That's what we're striving for here in Chicago, the way it looks like that on both sides of the football. Well said. What is your favorite sport? Spaceball. Correct. Mm-hmm. Same with me. Yeah. I'm on the phone with my brother last night after the second game ended. He's like, oh, God, the NFL? He goes, we love baseball. He goes, the World Series compared to that is a joke. A oh. joke. Yeah, yeah. It's all on the line. Oh, but God. But the all- NFL, it's not even close. It's amazing. It looks like, and our team, I hope it gets better. We're like in a covered wagon with the Amish compared to the Ferraris that are out on the highway. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Told you. We see the sophomore game every single Sunday with the Bears. The varsity played over the weekend. The varsity last cool. night. The Chiefs and the Bills, we are not close. No. And that's where we're trying to build toward.
Yes. All right. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our telephone number. Jump in in our conversation about Shane Waldron, the new OC, and your thoughts about the playoffs yesterday. Uh, coming up, we'll hear from Courtney Cronin with the latest on the Bears. What's next now that Waldron has been locked in by the Bears? We're talking to you about it on the home of the Bears. Cap and Jay Hood, ESPN 1000. Checkmate 1-6, suppression on target. That's why I see him in a shot. Shot or no shot with Captain Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. That's why I see him in a shot. Good morning and welcome in to the Captain Jay Hood Morning Show. On ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood with you. We'll have around the NFL, right around the corner, but first shot or no shot, and it's brought to you by... That would be Club Hawthorne, betting bars featuring craft beer, great food, try the Caesar salad with the chicken, it's spectacular. And you can play video, poker, slots, and sports betting through points bet. We say good morning. In for Shay Norling, here is Kevin Zipak. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we doing on this fine Monday morning? How'd you get? Is the family history the? Uh, is, oh, you take a Z pack when you're sick. Is that where that it all is, started? Uh, strictly a coincidence. Yeah, I, we did, we that? didn't see a dollar from the uh, antibiotic world network. There you unfortunately, go. All right. money in that. Okay, the Z pack family not litigious enough to be able to go through with that. I get, don't think get, there's get, one lawyer in the the entire family. <laughs> get your money! Wow, get your money, Kevin. That's what I always say. Well, I'm trying to get my money, and uh, the Bears have gotten something this morning as well. Shane Waldron coming in as the new offensive coordinator. There we go. Yeah, get comfortable in there, hoodie. Get comfy. We'll get to the questions. All right. Well, I won't bore you with the resume. We all know what he's done, where he's been, shot or no shot. The Bears got the right man for the job. Look. Out of the box, Kevin Strong. Yeah, okay. All right. Shot that they got the right guy. I'm going to hope. But to be honest with you, I know the name Shane Waldron. I studied him because the Bears were interviewing him. I know he was in the McVay tree and with the Seahawks. But Shane Waldron could walk up and punch me out walking to the car after the show. And I would not. Who's that guy that just hit me? Oh, that's Shane Waldron. I've never met the man. I've never interviewed the man. I am going to trust that Ryan Poles got this right. So, shot. I don't know. Kevin? <laughs> you got to say one or the other. <laughs> because, you, you know, and, and the reason why that that's a great question and the reason why that that's a tough question is because I don't know who Waldron is working with. I don't, I mean, we, you know he's working with Ryan Poles and the rest of the coaching staff. I don't know who he's working with. As we laid, down, laid out in the first hour, He's worked with veteran quarterbacks and young quarterbacks, but not this young and Caleb Williams, if that's who's coming. Mm -hmm. If it is Justin Fields, boy, what a job. Whatever it is, this is the biggest, to me, the biggest move for Ryan Poles to date because this offensive coordinator is supposed to be able to fix this broken offense or this inconsistent offense. So at this point in time, I'll say shot. It is the, the right hire. But again, I don't know who the quarterback is. Say, for instance, it is Justin Fields. And, and Waldron can come in and be able to accentuate the positives and hide the negatives of Justin's game to give more in between, more than just the big throw, more so than just running the football, the other little things, the intangibles to get the offense moving, those things to get out of the doldrums of offensive ineptitude uh, in the National Football League. So I'll say shot for now. I'll say shot for now because I don't we'll know who see. the quarterback is. 
What, what you, Kevin, I, I would say that with Caleb Williams, it's a fresh slate. It's like, okay, Caleb Williams, you're a rookie. You're coming in. Here's the things that you need to be able to be a success, successful quarterback. Justin Fields is already in the league. Just needs the, the screws tightened a little bit. Look, if whoever the quarterback is, here's how the script's going to go. If they keep Justin and it doesn't work, mm-hmm. there's going to be a large contingent. Well, we got another bad OC. Sure. It's just what Chicago is. I always blame the coach first, never the players. Never. never. You, you don't have any coaches' jerseys that you've invested in. Correct. You don't have the coaches' autographs. It cannot be the players' fault. It's got to be the manager, the coach, whatever it is. Kevin? I don't know. See, I've seen a lot of Ditka jerseys before. I think you could possibly get the uh, coach on a jersey, no? He was a player. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I, a lot of folks wanted uh, Greg Roman to be brought on this staff due to his work previously with Lamar Jackson. Uh-huh. But, shot or no shot, Shane Waldron's hire is the Bears not wanting to tip their hand on what they'll do with the quarterback position. I don't, no shot. I don't think that they had anything to do with it. I think Ryan Poles interviewed, what, nine guys? Mm-hmm. We may see some of those other guys, if they're on staffs that got fired, where they may bring them in as the quarterback coach. Maybe Cliff Kingsbury comes here as the quarterback coach. I talked to Wani over the weekend. He said, as the quarterback coach, it would be a great hire. As the OC, he doesn't run the ball enough for Wani. Yep. So... Maybe Waldron has a guy in his hip pocket. Maybe it's Greg Olson, not the radio TV, or the TV guy. The Greg Olson that used to be on our staff under Dick Geron, I think. Yes. He may come in as the quarterback's coach. We'll see what they end up doing. they got to put the rest of the staff in place. But, no, this has nothing to do with tipping hands at all. you got the number one pick. You can do whatever you want. That's a no shot. There is no, um, there is no moving... You know, the, the shell game around. There's really nothing to hide. You know who you are, right? Either you're going to take the quarterback in the draft or you're going to keep the quarterback you already have. There's actually no sleight of hand there with that cap. Correct. If you were like at pick four, well, we got a, got a misdirection here sure. so we can get a guy. No, you have pick one. And you have two lanes to pick, Kevin, and so you got to choose one. So as far as the coaching and the rest of that, I mean, it starts with Shane Waldron and it just moves down the line. Making sure you have the right infrastructure. I cannot uh, say this enough. Look at the playoff teams of the weekend. The reason why those teams flourish, even the teams that lost, is because they had the right infrastructure to be able to get to the postseason. Some of those perennial playoff teams that we saw, we could see it right there on your TV. Look how they are able to run the football, how they're able to pass the football, how the ball gets out quickly. That's playoff football. Correct. That's the way it's supposed to look. That is even correct. the losing teams. That is even C.J. Stroud, <laughs> even Jordan Love, you know, uh, even Josh Allen, uh, even Tampa with uh, Baker Mayfield, who I thought was a stopgap quarterback. I thought he was just a stopgap for the moment, and look what he did. So even the losing teams were able to have good-looking offenses and great play design and execution. Agreed. All right, Kevin. Well, the search for the offensive coordinator was uh, top of everybody's mind since Luke Getze was let go. But uh, some people have forgotten that the Bears also need a defensive coordinator to keep the progression going with the uh, the defense the way we saw it step up at points last season. So shot or no shot, the defensive coordinator hire is just as important as the OC hire. No shot. He, unless they're going to change the way they're doing things, they're still going to run the Tampa 2 Iberflus is still going to call the defensive signals and plays, which he likes, and it worked out fine. They just have better talent. They got to continue to add on that side of the ball. No shot. Defense well, was better this year. 
Yeah, I, I understand the question. Uh, I would say because nothing changes, it's a no shot. Only because whoever the new DC is in name, it's still Ibrahimovic's defense. It still is his defense. Correct. You're not bringing some guy in here and going, what are they doing defensively? Oh, they're trying this new exotic 110 technique. No. We're going to play the same basic defense we've been playing. I've seen Belichick do that, by the way. 110. I have seen 110. Late in the game, I have seen that. Rush once and have 10 in the back. I've seen that. I've seen that. Like, spread the field. Back. Just rush one. One? Yep. Yep. I've seen 2-9. I've seen that before. <laughs> Certain situations right. call for that, you know. Uh, yeah, so I would say that's a, a no shot. I I don't want the DC to be a puppet, though. I no, hope, I hope he's his own man because Eberflus easily could be like, you know, we'll bring a guy in, but I'll call it because I was more comfortable. He's also that way. a former Bear, uh, Chris Harris. Yeah, and our, yeah. Our, he was, I think, a fifth round pick. It started as a rookie. Yeah. And played, I think, on the Super Bowl team in 06. That is correct. And Jason McKee, our guy, our teammate, tweeted last night a picture of him and Chris Harris this offseason when they had the preseason game against the Titans. Mm-hmm. And they were, took a picture. He goes, that's my teammate. He'd be an amazing hire here, great person, all of it. And I hear nothing but awesome things about Chris Harris. Uh, as we talk about in, in glowing terms the defense cap, they still have some work to do as well. Yes, when Iberflus took over, we saw some improvement, but just like we saw improvement with the offense. Again, it's, it wasn't enough. Yes, I, I love the idea that the Bears got to the quarterback. I love that there was some semblance of pass rush, especially when Sweat got here. But there's a need for more. Yes. More. Maybe Donnell Hunter? More. More. Sign me up. Let's go. Yep. All right. Kevin. All right, I think the playoffs have been uh, very fun so far, particularly this weekend. Uh, great games yesterday. The Packers lost, um, but, which is always a good idea. However, uh, this just might be me. I want to get your guys' opinion. Shot or no shot, the Bears' disappointing season hinders your enjoyment of watching playoff football. Oh, that's a no shot. I, and, and by the way, this is not just for the playoffs. It's in the regular season. As I, as I said many times on the show, the audience already knows. We spend time from 12 to 315 to watch the Bears. But the varsity starts after that. The 325 game of the week that's on Fox or CBS or definitely the Sunday night game, the marquee matchups, that's where the football kicks in for me. I watch the Bears just like Cap watches the Bears. But it is amazing the, the mind F that you go through where it's like, man, stagnant offense, couldn't move the ball, lost another game. And then all of a sudden, oh, God, look at that. It pops off your screen. You've oh, seen it. God. It's like, wait a minute. And by the way, I, I'm not advocating to take a running back at number 12, but Jameer Gibbs speed. Holy oh, yeah. bleeps of watching all those games. Yeah, no, it does not affect. I, I pine for the day that that's us and that I've got my daisy dips and my vegetables watching a playoff game. But guess what? We're not there yet. Can I just tell you something, Kevin? This is just, again, everyone is not a diehard sports fan. There are those that will go to the office today and says, I root for the Bears because I'm a Bears fan because they watch Bears football. Some don't have the bandwidth or the time to watch anything else beside Bear football because I've got the jersey and I, you know, I go to the games or I'm at the bar or the club or the, the lounge to watch the games. But then they turn it off at 325. Well, I couldn't even I couldn't do that as even a casual Bears fan. You know why? Because they need to know what it looks like when you're at the top. If you just watch Bears football, it's like 
Oh, we lost again. Oh, well, what are we going to do now, huh? Uh, you want to go to Home Depot, Bed Bath & Beyond? Oh, they went out of business. All right, uh, container store. I don't know if we're going to have enough time to get them both in. You don't watch the Chiefs, the Bills, <laughs> okay. hey, and the every, Niners? Hey, everyone's not rabid like we are here at ESPN Chicago. The point is, though, is that even as a casual fan, I'd like to know, well, how can the Bears get better? Well, well watch these other games. Uh, watch, watch Patrick Mahomes. Oh, God. On the road. There's no way Patrick Mahomes could do that on the road. He's always been at home. Nice and comfortable arrowhead. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He wins the game. No way San Francisco could pull this out of the fire. There's going to be a lot of rust there. Wait a minute. They found a way to win the ball game. Baltimore. That's just a gimmick. Up. Wait a minute. They didn't look good in the first half, but boy, look at the adjustments in the second. That's how you know, Cap, because you watch. How can my Bears be better? Watch the other games. Oh, I'm watching all these games this weekend going, okay, we got a long way to go. Yeah. Get to work, Brother Poles. Come on, man. Come on. Let's go. It's just, it's not saying the Bears are not playing hard. Make sure that's clear. Not saying the Bears are not playing hard. They're just not good enough. Just, it does, looks different when Baltimore does it. And boy, do <laughs> I like Dan Campbell. <laughs> it, looks wow. better, it looks better when the Lions do it, doesn't it? I mean, that's the difference, Cap. You watch the other games and go, oh, that's what it looks like. Wow, that looks like it. Yeah, because it looks violent. <laughs> the downhill Oof. running is violent. violent. The hits are violent. Yes. Okay? I mean, the defense, strong. You know, trying to—I mean—they swallowed up Baker Mayfield, and they try to put his head. Detroit's defense tried to put his head into that turf at the end of the game Oof. because they play with a ruthless aggression. Uh, aggression. That's why these teams, Bears. Yeah, one of my neighbors I saw outside. He's like, "The Lions are in the NFC title game. We should have beaten them twice. We should be there." I said, "Brother, we're not close." No, that's why you lost those games. Correct. All right, Kevin. Well, I'm glad you brought up Dan Campbell and the Lions. Uh, Cap, you're obviously a big fan. I'm a big fan of Dan Campbell. And I think the Lions are an interesting story because they've got that, uh, they got the it factor from the head coach. People like seeing teams win after being losers for quite a long time. You got the Jared Goff redemption arc. Neutrality here. I'm stressing neutrality. Let's try not to be uh, tribalistic NFC North people. Shot or no shot, the Lions are the best story left and the sentimental favorite to win the Super Bowl. Best story left. So wait, we've got Niners, we've got Lions, we've got Ravens, we've got Chiefs. Uh, yeah, the Lions are the best story left. Although it'd be super cool to see Lamar win a Super Bowl and shut every critic up, period, because he's going to win his second MVP to have a Super Bowl to go with it. Oh, boy. Some would say, some would say that Detroit is the new America's team. Based on how bad they were for so many years. When we say 1991, that does not ring a bell to young people. 1991. I was a sophomore in college. That's the last time that Wayne Fonts and Detroit was able to get that done. You know how many years ago that was? Technology was different. When he lit the cigar? Yes. Yes. Yeah, Monday Night Football. 91. Dude, I was, I was a scout for the Seattle Supersonics. That's I mean, the thunder to you young children. That's, I mean, I guess the point is is that when people look at Detroit, now Baltimore's had some success. I mean, they've got an MVP in Lamar Jackson. It's a, it's a well-oiled machine. The Ravens have been a fantastic football team for quite some time here in the regular season into the playoffs. But Detroit, though, underneath everyone's shoe for decades, mismanaged, misowned, 
and they're able to get a head coach, quarterback, general manager, front office that makes a difference. I mean, I think for my taste, Cap, this is sustainable. Whatever happens against San Francisco in their next upcoming game, I think that Detroit is going to be heard from again and again and again based on how they do their business. They run the football. They, they have Jared Goff that makes plays. They have a tenacious defense, and it took a long time to build up that defensive line and that offensive line to where it is right now. It took a long time. So I would say that uh, that is the team. I would circle them, as, as some people say, America's team. Yes. People are cheering for them. Sure. Super cool. All right, let's go around the NFL. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and then he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? We ask you to like, share, and subscribe to the Cap and J Hood podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's one thing for you to be listening wherever you are, and we thank you for listening. But share out the podcast and hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. Not only Cap and J Hood, but all the shows here at ESPN Chicago. Make sure that you subscribe to our podcast and download the ESPN Chicago app. Around the NFL, here's Kevin Zipak. All right, fellas, we haven't seen a rookie quarterback have the kind of year that C.J. Stroud had this season, maybe ever. I mean, every time he was uh, playing, it was absolute box office. His team lost on Saturday. Jordan Love's team also lost on Saturday, although the Ravens won by a much wider wider margin uh, as you saw the Packers take it right down to the wire. Could you make me the argument that Jordan Love and the Packers have a brighter future than C.J. Stroud and the Texans? Oh, I absolutely could. They have a better roster, Green Bay. They're the youngest team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They have their first-round pick this year, albeit I think it's 26th. But yes, 100% they have a brighter future, although I think the Texans do as well. But both teams are in a good spot. Texans, a terrific story for them to even get to the playoffs. We talk about you know dead-on-their-ass franchises. You fire Brother Cully, you fire Lovey Smith, and then you get D'Amico Ryans, and nothing was guaranteed. I expected them to be in the mix for the number one pick for the draft again. And look what they were able to do. C.J. Stroud set that team on fire. Green Bay, though, with Jordan Love. You know, Cap, you have to pay him at some point pretty soon here. He's got one year left because they did the two-year deal before this season. And there, I, I got friends of mine going, is he going to get $50 million a year? No. He's not. He has not proven it to that level. Mm-hmm. And I would think they will talk extension with him this spring, this summer, before camp. I would predict he'll be locked up on a multi-year deal. But he'll get 35 to $40 million. Absolutely he's going to get paid. Uh, the Packers with their ball club, and I know from a Packers fan standpoint, because I know a lot of them, that they are frustrated because they always are the bridesmaids. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, oh, we're in the mix. We're close. We're close. We're close. We'll never get there. And so I understand that frustration from a Packers fan standpoint. But at least you're there. And I just think that what they did in that game, which was winnable for the Packers, by the way, it was right there for them because they ran the football well in the rain, 136 yards. Aaron Jones is a beast running the football for them. But give the 49ers credit, though, because even though Purdy did not have his best game, 
Purdy needed to be able to get a game-winning touchdown. He got it there. 12 plays, 69 yards. McCaffrey runs the football so well for the 49ers. George Kittle with a touchdown as well. Ayuk and McCaffrey, as I mentioned, fantastic for San Francisco. But I, you know, I think that love is right there. If you're a Packer fan, you feel like, hey, man, a little bit more seasoning. We, at the very least, to get back to the playoffs. But now the Packers' problem is the Lions. Correct. And they have one year left where they have to deal with Aaron's money. Yeah. And then that money drops off the books after the 24 season. So they're going to have a lot of cap room. They made a very smart move. Gutekunst a good executive up there. They locked up Jordan Love on a two-year deal at very small money for a starting quarterback. They can extend him for whatever this coming summer. It doesn't count until a year later when all that cap space opens up. So there you go. So many missed opportunities there for the Packers. One of the reasons why they couldn't win that game. 49ers did just enough. Just enough. And so that's why I'm intrigued by the 49ers and Lions. We talked about this before. Those teams with the bye. Rust versus rust. What would come out? Okay. Well, the Ravens were rusty early. And they made the adjustment. Don't tell me there's not adjustments for one after the other. That's BS. There are adjustments. Agreed. Because I saw it right there in the Baltimore game. Same thing with San Francisco. Not great, but when you had to make a play, they made it. Kevin. Over in the AFC, Patrick Mahomes once again getting his team to the conference title, title game. That is six straight appearances for the Chiefs. Could you make the argument to me that Mahomes, even though his statistics this season have been down compared to his uh, normal crazy level, could you make the argument that this was actually the most impressive trip to the conference title game given the relative uh, weakness of his supporting cast? No question. No question about that. And and here's why. The storyline coming in was, could Patrick Mahomes and Chiefs on the road this time in a big spot be able to win a ball game? Well, duh, should have thought about that when I made my selection on Friday. Of course, it's Patrick Mahomes. Imagine that field goal going through for the Bills late in the game, Cap. Tie ball game. Patrick Mahomes would have what, 138 on the clock? Yeah. Somewhere, something like that? Yeah. 138? Correct. You don't think that he drives it down there for a field goal win? I, I, and I they got an elite kicker. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah. So even though... It, you know, the joke is, oh, wide right again for the Bills. Another missed field goal in a big spot. I trust Mahomes, even though some of his wide receivers have, you know, uh, skillets for hands. But Travis Valdez Kelsey. Scantling made a catch yesterday on the right sideline. Yeah. The pass was otherworldly. I mean, he dropped it into a basket oh that was tiny, but he made a hell of a catch. Hell of a catch with a defender draped on him. Even with those those issues with some of his receivers all season, he would have found a way to drive him down there. And, and so, Bears fans listening to around the NFL, let's make this point. Patrick Mahomes is so great that he has a, a football team on the offensive side that has the most drops in the NFL. And he's still in the AFC title game. Take that. That's what we're talking about. If Justin Fields makes some mistakes out there, there could be weapons or coaching or whatever that in which he could overcome. That's the difference. If you want to know the difference, say the Chiefs and the Bears. Let's just do that. Chiefs and Bears. You laugh at Matt Nagy all you like. Point is, though, is that if Justin Fields can get around his mistakes and the Bears still win, hats off. But here's a, bu- a bunch of guys, Travis Kelsey and Valdez Scantling, as you mentioned, all, Hardman, all these guys, right, drop the ball. Yep. But the Chiefs find a way to win. They do. 
to the and, difference? And again, I know they're going to wake up this morning about to go wide right. They show people crying in the stands. Wide right. Guess what? It just saved you from getting your heart ripped out with Butker from 51. <laughs> Game over. <laughs> Thanks for coming. I mean, that's what it comes down to. You're overcoming. Uh, San Francisco, same way. Uh, you know, Brock wasn't very good. Uh, but we need this game-winning drive. All right, 12 plays, 69 yards. So long, everybody. Yeah, thanks for coming. Because you find a way around if you're not having the best game. You know, some fans think that all the best of the best are supposed to have their A game every single time. No. Can I get you with my B-C game and still win? That means you're a good football team. Correct. Kevin. Well, the Chiefs won, of course, so the Bills lost. That's how it works. Uh, I've seen a lot of uh, hot takes, medium takes uh, online already this morning. People blaming Josh Allen for whatever reason. People blaming the kicker. Sean McDermott getting some heat. seems like the Bills just keep running this thing back, uh, looking the same every single year. It hasn't been enough. Will they make any changes? Should they make any changes? Or do you just keep running this thing back? I'll predict that Diggs is out of there. What did we talk about during the regular season with Shea? One of the three things would happen. McDermott fired. It would be Josh Allen looking to get out or Diggs. Diggs will be leaving. Yes, and Josh Allen threw a ball 60-some yards in the air right in his hands. Dropped it. Dropped it. I don't hear Trayvon Diggs on social media talking trash anymore. Or the mother. Remember the mother was on there? Yeah. Keep your beak out of it. Tell your brother to catch the football. Trade on. Take that. Uh, it's more than fair. And by the way, uh, Jay Moore, once again with Josh Allen, an opportunity to win the ball game, and we talk about overcoming. Josh Allen, again, put it on the on the ground. But, it, it, but again, as I said in a regular season, he might have a problem as far as ball security, but he has enough infrastructure offensively or defensively to overcome. And that's how close it was for Buffalo in that game. Yeah, it was very close, and uh, I just think that it was, you know, um, so much of him and not enough of everybody, and that's how it's been all season. Yeah, and they ran the ball well, 182 yards. Josh Allen, after losing to the Chiefs, um, sucks. Losing sucks. Losing them, losing anybody at home. Sucks. Losing sucks. I don't know what else to say. Here's Kevin Zipak. Kevin? A whole lot going on with that broadcast yesterday, that Chiefs-Bills uh, broadcast. You had Tony Romo, who, I, I don't know if this is just me, I find him to be one of the more annoying broadcasters in the NFL. I may, I might be on an island there, but... Cap, you, Cap loves him. You, yeah? You a Romo guy? Uh, love is the wrong word. Loves him. I have no problem listening to him. Do I think he's the best? No, I think Greg Olson is markedly better than him. Troy Aikman is the gold standard for me. I think he's awesome. Collinsworth's fine. So Tony's fourth of the four big crews. But I'm not, like, outraged like others. He entertains me. I think, I think the, the where you might be going, Kevin, is... If you're Tony Romo, you could hear the producer almost in his ear. Just like, I mean, pull it back a little bit. Just be careful. Don't call them the Redskins. They're the commanders. You could hear the correction from the producer. And that's not Taylor Swift's brother-in-law. Right. That's where I'm going. Like, that's not, they're not married. Right. Correct. Who says that, Kevin? I mean, like. I mean, that's out of line. I mean, you're, just, you're putting it out there. And so you're trying, what are you, what are you, uh, Tony TMZ? Why are you putting that out there? They're not married. That's just dumb. Correct. 
So, I mean, go yeah, ahead. yeah, yeah, that that was a big part of it too. Just him saying, the, you know, kind of bizarre things like that. And then over in the suite, of course, you had Taylor, you had Mrs. Mahomes, you had Jason Kelsey, <laughs> shirtless. Who, by the way, at, at that point, at that point in the afternoon, he had already been spotted uh, tailgating with some Bills fans. He was drinking right out in, in a lot with Bills Mafia. He's drinking out of a bowling ball. God only knows what was uh, what was in there. This was this is an absolute circus. I, I don't know. With between Taylor Swift and now you got the Kelsey brothers who have just gotten monumentally huge. I feel like over the past year or so. Is, is this a little too much? And any hint of a distraction, possibly, or do you think the Chiefs put that to rest yesterday with their performance? Well, Patrick Mahomes can can, can uh, overcome anything clearly, because Yoko Ono hanging around the Chiefs for a while has gave the wrong mojo to the Kansas City Chiefs. That's what I would say. <laughs> I'm just telling you, Yoko Ono. What? She knows how to break up a team. Yeah. Huh? Well, I mean, seriously. <laughs> Guess what? They're still standing. That's fine. But if they fall short, guess who's going to be on the Yoko Ono train? This guy right here, pal. Oh. Because God. because the team was fine until she's uh, actually in all seriousness. You know, with her being around, this is a win for the NFL. That's awesome. See that uh skybox with the mom and the dad in there and there's Jason in there and there's sure. Taylor. And by the way, Kevin, did you see? I think it's Taylor's bodyguard sitting on the other side. She got Jason on one side, who's big as a house, and she's got her bodyguard on the other side. See what he was wearing? What was he wearing, Cap? A White Sox hat. A man's got taste. There you go. <laughs> or just try to find a basic black hat. That's probably what, Tune in. That's, that's probably what that was. That was it. <laughs> I mean, so what I'm telling you is, is that. Um, despite all of the circus and the drop passes and, all, and Matt Nagy, all that, Patrick Mahomes finds a way. And so the Chiefs win. No, it's not too much, Kevin, because as I mentioned, my point is is that for the NFL, with Taylor Swift being around, that just brings a whole new set of fans. As, as It's not like the NFL is a small meat and potatoes outfit. They're already huge. A mom and pop? Yeah, they're not a mom and pop. <laughs> but one thing for sure, they're even bigger because Taylor Swift fans that don't may or may not know football, they are watching too. They just want to see the glimpse of Taylor. Yeah. Having a fun time. Correct. They never see her like that out in the open outside of a concert. So, Dude, I was at Dino's Sports Fan Shop in the Glen. We all go there. You got a beautiful Hawks jersey from Dino. Yes. I was in there. I said, do you have any Travis Kelsey gear? He said, nope. He said every girl in the Chicago area has been in here, bought out every Travis Kelsey jersey. Go on. That's amazing. Yes. And that is our look around the NFL right here on Cap and J-Hood. Coming up next, an expert says that there might be a disconnect between Shane Waldron, the new offensive coordinator for the Bears, and Justin Fields. We'll delve into that coming up next. Cap and J-Hood, weekday mornings, 7 to 10.